This is Eat, You'll Feel Better, a podcast about the food mood connection. I'm food journalist Mary Beth Albright. Today is episode five, and there's a saying among food journalists that when you're writing about the holidays, everyone wants to read the Kama Sutra, but only wants to actually do the missionary position. And I get it that that's a racy way to start, but I mean, this time of year, you see glossy magazines and articles and stuff and beautiful photographs of all these like different things that you can do. And if you want to do those things, that is great. That's fantastic. If that is, um, if that's something that you want to embark upon making all new things for a holiday dinner, please go ahead and do that. If that, if that satisfies you, um, I am a person who likes familiarity. And as I said, the statistics the, the sort of clicks for food journalists show that people really like to look at stuff that are, is unfamiliar for the holidays, but really just want to, at the end of the day, feel that comfort. So I'm thinking a lot about the foods that we eat surrounding holidays. And I get it that not all December holidays are cookie holidays, because there's a tendency to just take all of the traditions that surround Christmas and project them onto holidays of basically every other religion that happens in any time in November or December. So like it's a Hanukkah tree or it's a Diwali Santa. And, you know, there's no such thing as a Hanukkah tree. The Maccabees didn't have a tree in the temple. If you look at Hindu drawings, uh, Lakshmi doesn't look like Santa, but we try to like, you know, make it, make these things, um, like cookies, something that everyone can gather around, right? Something that everyone can support is a really good cookie. So what makes holiday cookies taste better than any other cookies? Because we know from the food mood connection and and science, we know that flavor is created in the brain. And that everything that surrounds us at any given time that we are eating influences the flavor of that cookie or you know the green beans or the steak that we're eating but i'm thinking specifically about cookies because it is december and there's so much mythology surrounding december um the commercials that we see of happy people baking together or maybe even like a memory that you have. One of my memories is that when I was, um, gosh, it must have been the mid-1980s. I was young, um, maybe 10 years old. I found a recipe in a magazine. You know, it was, it was magazine days, right? And I found a recipe in a magazine and it was, it was Land O'Lakes Butter not a sponsor, just talk, just a story with specifics. Um, it was Land O'Lakes butter and it was something, it was like a buttery butterscotch cookie, right? And I made those first of all, because any recipe that has butter in it twice just sounds like something you want to make, right? Um, and we go back to what things are named, what you name food matters. When you call something buttery butterscotch, people are really going to taste that butter, in the cookie that they eat. Listen to the last episode about naming foods, uh, if you're interested in that. Um, But I made those and I still look for that recipe when I think about making cookies in December. Um, 
So it's like this this idea of December cookies, memories, um, that just doesn't happen in July or or even in cold months. It doesn't even happen in February, right? It happens very specifically in December. So my question for today is why do holiday cookies taste better? What is the lore of holiday cookies that makes us all this time of year just turn into cookie monsters? So let's talk about the science behind why cookies taste better, holiday cookies taste better. And I came up with, I was looking at the uh, at the research, and there are really three reasons that holiday cookies taste better. The first one is texture. And what I bring into texture is the, the novelty of the different textures, the variety of the different textures that come into holiday cookies. Most cookies that you eat during the year are not frosted, right? Most cookies that you eat during the year do not have all kinds of sprinkles on them and decorations. Um, and so there's something in food science called mouth geometry, the best kind of geometry there is, in my opinion. But mouth geometry is just about how what hits your tongue creates flavor, how, how the food hits your tongue um, it's mouthfeel, but it's also what is the shape of the food. Um, so, for example, things taste sweeter when they are round. If you eat a round piece of chocolate, your brain perceives it as sweeter than if you eat, for example, a rectangle of chocolate. There's all kinds of fascinating studies about that um, that we'll get into, into in the future on a future episode. But that mouth geometry and that variety of textures affects how we taste something. Um, and holiday cookies tend to be more than just that flat cookie. They do tend to have those sprinkles. They do tend to have sparkles or decorations or little pieces of candy canes, things that add roughness, things that add, um, that add visual interest, visual novelty, that it just affects the way we taste those cookies. So if you're thinking to yourself, you know, the, 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 the sugar cookie that I get at the store doesn't taste as good as the sugar cookie that I get at the exact same store when it has like a little smiling snowman painted on it. Yeah, there's something to that. And it's real because flavor is created in your brain. The second reason that holiday cookies taste better than any other cookies is that they are generally made by people you know. And this is a real thing on two levels. Number one, because they're usually made by people you know in their home kitchens, there are only kitchen ingredients in those cookies. There's, it's not an ultra-processed food um, that will have ingredients that are mass-produced for industrial cookie making. And there's a lot of research about ultra-processed foods not satisfying the brain and the gut in the same way that homemade things do, homemade foods. And nobody quite knows why yet, why ultra-processed foods do not satisfy 
the gut and the brain in the same way. But there's a lot of research that when people are offered the same amount of calories, the same um, nutrients, macronutrients and micronutrients in something, that if the exact same thing, but one is ultra processed and one is homemade, that they will actually eat less of the homemade version and report being more satisfied by that. They will eat more of the ultra processed food version, even if it's the same thing. I'm thinking specifically of breakfast sandwiches here. There was an NIH study that involved breakfast sandwiches, but it extends to many other foods involved in that study. And researchers aren't sure what that is, why that is. Um, It could be that the chemical production of ultra-processed ingredients changes the chemical makeup of an oil or um, other kind of fat or a sugar, and it just creates something that your body doesn't necessarily recognize, right? That your gut will tell your brain when it's had enough sugar or enough fat, but if it's if it's dealing with an ultra-processed ingredient, it's possible that that signal gets messed with, that that signal gets blocked, and so you wind up eating more of something. And a reminder that we are anti-diet culture here at Eat You'll Feel Better, so we're not focused specifically on eating less of something, but the science does show that you get more pleasure out of less when you're eating something that is homemade and using regular kitchen ingredients. The second reason that a homemade cookie um, is going to satisfy in a different way is something that's really being researched right now about the effect of automation and the effect of artificial intelligence automation on how we perceive flavor of food. This is a really fascinating new um, area of study. California Polytechnic Institute is doing um, a bunch of research into this right now. Uh, And it's going to be interesting because, you know, there's something that tastes better about the sandwich that is made for you than the sandwich that you just sort of pick up out out of the refrigerated section of a store, right? There's a reason that people are waiting in line to get the exact same sandwich made. And yes, there's, a, there's an, a, a perception of freshness, even though the sandwich in the refrigerated section might have been make a, made one hour before, as opposed to your deli sandwich, which is being made right now. But, um, but there's a perception there of flavor and of satisfaction when you can watch somebody making something for you. The other day I went into a, um, a fast casual place, um, that is, that is experimenting with digital only orders. And so you can't see your food. It's one of, it's like one of these places where it has like a whole bunch of rice laid out and then, you know, different proteins and different vegetables. And you tell the person what to put in it. Uh, what to put, what exactly to put in what you would like. Um, and, you know, if you'd like a little extra something, you say, can I have a little extra of that? Uh, and there's something that affects our satisfaction level and our pleasure level when we see somebody making something for us. And so that's new science, but that is, there's something to thinking that somebody made something just for you, Right. So those are that 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 number two, the homemade thing is the second reason, and that that is a really powerful one. And the third reason that holiday cookies taste better 
than cookies any other time of the year that is science-backed is nostalgia. That having these cookies in December marks a moment that we have all kinds of other memories associated with. And look, some of those memories can be bad, right? Um, Not positive memories that we have surrounding cookies and food and December holidays. Um, But it's nostalgia nonetheless, that it's it's a different time in our lives. and, And the reflection that we have when we go back and we eat something, something familiar, um, that that holds a power that can influence how we taste things, how our brains create flavor. And it's really interesting because we can also, in psychology, there's something called anticipatory nostalgia, that we can be nostalgic for something while we are in the moment of experiencing it. Um, this summer, I had a, a really fantastic summer. I was out on the end of Long Island with a lot of family members and like a full house, and we were having great times. We were cooking together, and it was just wonderful. And I remember being in that moment and thinking, gosh, I am nostalgic for this moment right now. Is there something about that? And it turns out that, yes, psychology does have a term for that. So anticipatory nostalgia, that missing something that you still have can happen a lot in December. It can happen, you know, in our friendships. It can happen um, with children. My gosh, certainly. I have a 15-year-old son, but I also have really close relationships with my nieces and nephews. And a lot of times I'm in the moment with them and thinking, gosh, I I just, it's that kind of idea that you wish that you could freeze the moment. Um, and move on with your life, right? Live many different lives, but uh, but it's food is so associated with nostalgia that it can really influence the way our brains create flavor. The best example of this is uh, the novel Remembrance of Things Past, which is the entire, I think it's three volumes or something, the entire thing is written just because a guy takes a bite out of a madeleine, which is a cookie, and just goes back and remembers his entire childhood. And then there's a three volume novel written about it. So, um, and this is also why it matters what we're doing right now with each other, because every single moment that we're living, we are creating our food memories. Every single moment we're living, we're teaching ourselves how to eat. Um, and so just remembering that, um, is important. I, the, the, a friend, a friend of mine calls this um, phenomenon location wine. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but uh, when you're on vacation and you drink a bottle of wine and you think, "Oh my gosh, this wine is amazing and I love it and I can't wait to go home and buy a case of it," and you go home and you buy a bottle and you drink it at home and you're like, "Eh, I guess it's okay. It doesn't taste like the kind that I had in you know Greece or or." New York City or wherever. Um, but there's a, there's actually a lot of research behind the phenomenon of location wine. One of my favorite studies is that um, after a hockey game, um, they gave people, uh, researchers gave every fan a drink. It was like a sweet sour drink. And then they asked the, the hockey fans to rate whether it was sweet or whether it was sour. And the people who, the hockey fans whose teams lost rated it as more sour. And the hockey fans whose teams won 
rated the same drink as being sweeter. So it's that same kind of what's happening in your life that's surrounding this and whether what it influences whether you will want that food again. Um, so the takeaway for me is that if you're really enjoying something, just give into it, make it count. If you're having that cookie, sit down and talk to somebody, talk to the person who is making it, just have it with other people. Um, so that's my one small thing for this week. The one small thing that you can do to use the food mood connection for your benefit is if you've chosen to eat a holiday cookie or something else that is seasonal for pleasure, right? Nobody's eating cookies because they're so nutritionally balanced, right? You're eating that for pleasure. Be aware of that and, and, and lean into it. I'm not going to tell you to eat mindfully because I mean that I've, I've been to a mindful eating class and it, it's a little, frankly, it's a little bit annoying. Um, like, Oh, stop, you know, breathe in, think about what you're eating for a minute. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a later episode. Um, but realistically in December, when there's a lot going on and you choose to eat a cookie, um, just be aware of the pleasure. A lot of us want to lean out of the food pleasure because it feels guilty, because it's associated with badness or sinfulness or gluttony. But food pleasure is real and every single person experiences it. So your one small thing is that if you're choosing to eat something for pleasure, lean into it and see how it affects the way that you enjoy that food. Because we can really work to make everything we eat Give the pleasure of location food, of that location wine. You know, create your location when you're eating that food, whether it's a cookie, whether it's a cake, whether it's a trifle, whatever you're, whatever you're having for pleasure this December, lean into it. I'm Mary Beth Albright, and until next week, let's remember that choosing what to eat is always a privilege. See you next week. <laughs>